1: Hey, John, how are you?
2: Doing good, Mark. It's great to be doing another episode of Talking Metal, and this is one of our first episodes where I'm looking right at you in your place, and you're looking at me in the spacecraft.
1: Yes, that's (laughs) true. That's true. We are doing this via Skype, and we both record our audio on our ends, and then we kind of match it up together and make a nice podcast. We got a great guest today. Thanks to uh, John and Jim for hooking this up that is Jim it, from Gibson
2: Guitars. Yeah,
1: Jim Felber actually. And and you? Thank you. From Gibson. Uh, it's DJ Ashba guys and he's coming on to talk to us about his new signature model guitar which sounds like a great guitar. He's going to tell us all about it. Very cool. And before we get into the episode, I just want to mention this episode is brought to you by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks talking metal listeners can download a free ebook on us and get an extended free trial of the service by going to audible podcasts slash talking metal again guys we'll have this in today's show notes it's audible podcast.com slash talking metal a lot of great books on audible John I uh, we were talking last week about no regrets your book that you did with ace and it is not up on audible however Gene's books are. Both Kiss and Makeup is on Audible, actually narrated by Gene Simmons. Sex Money Kiss is also on Audible. So those, those are two great books for Kiss fans to pick up on Audible. And you can get them for free using our special offer. Again, it's an extended free great trial offer. of the service. Yeah, it's awesome. Great I'm, I'm going to actually take advantage of it myself. I Am Ozzy is up there. As well as some of my favorite books. I don't know if you know this, John. My favorite books of all time are the Stephen King fantasy horror novels for uh, The Dark Tower, book one through seven. Those are all up there. A bunch of different people actually narrate them. If you want to read a great, great kind of fantasy adventure book by the one and only Stephen King. Actually, you don't have to read them because they're all narrated. Right. This is Audible. <laughs> Go and try one out for free on us. Again, audiblepodcast.com slash Talking Metal. All right, let's get into the episode.
3: Hey, this is DJ Ashba from Guns and Roses at 6am, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
1: Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal
0: Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John.
1: All right, John, so again, today... DJ Ashba is on the show. Excellent. He was heavily involved in the last Motley Crue studio record, which is called Saints of Los Angeles. Let's get into a track off of that right now that DJ Ashba actually co-wrote. This is the title track called Saints of Los Angeles by Motley Crue.
2: Saints of Los Angeles by Motley Crue, featuring co-writing by DJ Ashba. And uh, that was kind of a concept album based on the history of Motley Crue in Los Angeles. Kind of like the heroin diaries was
1: for Nicky Six. And 6 a.m. Yeah, Yeah, and 6 a.m. with DJ Ashbaugh. Of course, that first record. From what I understand, I've actually, believe it or not, I still have not read the Nikki Six. Heroin Diaries book, but um, they, uh, that was, you know, the book and the album kind of went together, right? Yeah, you read the book.
2: Yeah, I I really like that book. And I I swear to God, that was a book that I carried with me from like the day I got it until the day I finished it, which wasn't that far, uh, you know, those days weren't that far apart because it was such a great book. I could put it down. And I remember telling the story when we interviewed Nikki Six that I finished the book in the Empire State Building in a, a little bar that was there that still does exist. I, I think it's now um a Heartland Brewery, but at the time it was right. something else. And I remember literally crying at the end of the book uh yeah. in the bar. And and yeah. that was because of the book and because how good it was and it was probably also partially due to some of
1: the uh things that were
2: consumed in that I right, right,
1: uh. <laughs> tell you, I just read Vince Neal's book. He wrote a book uh back in like 2010 and i finally read it and it's a really great read and i actually i mean there's so much stuff about his uh his daughter that that passed away yeah. at Jeez, such, a such a young age sad that, thing. that yeah i actually started tearing up reading that book um that, vince, vince say what you want about vince he's really the poor guy's been through a lot yeah i mean he's had he's had amazing great happy stuff happened to him throughout his life but he's actually had a lot of a lot of dark stuff too yeah. and he goes into it all in his books. so yeah. so many good books out there to read and of course uh we have a sponsor audible yeah so check them out go to our site and link through that's the way to support what we do link through to audible and find some of your favorite rock and roll books on audible that you can actually listen to cool so jakey lee is back as we know the Red Dragon Cartel is the band. Our good friend Dustin, who does PR for them, has assured me that we can play the new single in full here on Talking Metal for you right now. This is Jakey e. Lee and the Red Dragon Cartel. The video came out last week for this, and it's, oh man, this song is great. It's called Deceived. Deceived.
2: That was Deceived by Red Dragon Cartel featuring J.K. Lee, and uh, also uh, there's a new friend of mine that I'm going to be probably hanging out soon, and I'll tell you why later, but his name is Ron Mancuso, and he's the bass player in that band. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. and I'd Excellent. like to actually get him on Talking Metal as well. But...
1: Oh, we should. I'd love to talk to yeah, him there. They're coming to New Jersey on April 2nd, I believe I told you that, John. Emily and I are definitely going, so maybe we'll see you at the show. Yeah, definitely.
2: Hang on. which I wanted to tell you a really cool thing, and I ran into a guy named Steve uh, in Hoboken the other day. On Monday, I walked all the way from Jersey City, New Jersey, Silver Spacecraft area, to right. North Hoboken, the wow. ferry stop up there, and uh, as I was passing, the Romantic Depot. Have you ever heard of that store? No. <laughs> it's they used to have commercials, and Ron Jeremy used to be like, "Hi, welcome to the Romantic Depot." I, I believe, oh, yeah. yeah, it's like it's like right. a store that they would sell things that Ron Jeremy would be part of. And I, I actually right. just coincidentally was walking past, and I ran into a guy who goes, "Hey, are you John Astronomy?" and um, I go yeah, and he goes, oh man, my favorite episode of Talking Metal is that Zach Wild episode. So the cool right. thing is, still to this day, there are some Talking Metal fans that are still out there, which is
1: cool. <laughs> <laughs> which is surprising, yeah. actually. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, and one of them just wrote me on Facebook, Billy Hardaway. I just spent the last two days for eight hours straight each day, getting caught up on your podcast. (laughs)
0: Wow,
1: Wow, that's a lot of talking metal. Loved all the interviews, but I heard the Ozzy discussion where you guys were talking about who wrote what for what album, and let me say that just having read the book Crazy Train by Joel McLeaver, Hmm. that all the lyrics for the first two albums were written by Bob Daisley. Ozzy was coming up with the melodies uh, whatever the F that means. Randy wrote the music and Bob Daisley wrote all of the lyrics. Wow. And uh, he goes on to talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Billy, I will say just because something's written in a book doesn't necessarily mean it's true. However, I think it's uh, it's well known that Bob Daisley did write some of the lyrics with Ozzy and helped him with the lyrics uh, I, I, you know, I have a lot of issues with Bob Daisley just because he's so bitter over the whole Ozzy thing. And I, I always, you know, I love in, in the book, I am Ozzy, Ozzy's book, he, he, where he says, if the guy's so talented, where's all the great stuff he did without me? Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's a good point. And as far as the vocal melody lines go, um, if that's what this book Crazy Train is saying, uh, those, you know, some people consider those the most important part of any song because those are the things that help sell the song and stick in your head so you know if i if, if ozzy wrote those vocal melodies uh and bob daisley wrote all the lyrics or helped with the lyrics uh you know, I, 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 would, I would think the, the, the melodies are are one of the most important parts of any song, yeah, wouldn't you? Absolutely, I agree. The, the
2: hardest thing for me to write when I write songs are lyrics and melody, which is why I hardly ever write either. And, um, you know, I always come up with riffs, and the songs that we've written together, you always come up with great melody and lyrics. But if I'm going to break down a song, and I think historically, melody is probably the most important part, I would say, in songwriting, so... So I would agree with you on that. And by the way, I, I, I'm i turning over a new leaf for 2014. Uh, I'm saying the word please now. And also, I uh, just texted you the picture of me and Steve, the guy that I uh, uh, ran into in Hoboken. He also has a friend named Jay who is a Talking Metal fan. So uh, maybe we can put this up in the uh, show notes. Oh, cool. Yeah, cause you yeah, know I'm it, looking at it right and now. And guys, here's the thing. I always say, yeah, yeah, I'll do this and I'll do that. And then like I never do it. Like, <laughs> and, right. And... um so 2014, starting now. Um, I am. If I say I'm going to text a photo, I'll text it right, right at the exact time.
1: <laughs> cool. And again, Billy checked in with that comment on our Facebook page. We have two Facebook pages. Pages. There's the Talking Metal Facebook page, which applies specifically to this podcast, right. and then there's the Talking Metal Digital page, which encompasses all the Talking Metal. Podcasts like Mars Attacks and Talking Rock, yeah. and of course Talking, Talking Metal. Metal. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll add some more soon. Yep. Uh, we'll see. And, and Billy, thank you yeah, thank so you, much. It's awesome that you're listening to Talking Metal eight hours straight for two <laughs> That's days amazing. in a row. That That's really incredible. And thanks for the compliment on the interviews, Billy. We we appreciate that. Hey. And speaking of interviews, why don't we get into the DJ Ashba? That sounds interview. Like a
2: good plan. Um, I just want to say that. When I last saw Guns N' Roses, it was not the most recent time they were in New York, but it was the time that they played a club that was over on the west side, and I can't even remember what it was. Do you remember what that was? Todd Youth's Band, the Chelsea Smiles, open for Guns, and I was road managing or tour managing the Chelsea Smiles for that gig, and it was a great opportunity, and it was really cool. But I remember seeing uh, DJ Ashba walk in. I think it was him and... Richard Fortas walked in at the same time, and they said hello. And I, uh, I was very happy that uh, you know, instead of just walking by, they both uh, took the time out to uh, say hi to me. So that was very cool.
1: Yeah, that was when they did. They did three New York shows, like one day in, after another, right in a row. Webster Hall and Terminal Five were two of the places. I think you're talking about Terminal, Terminal 5. Five, definitely. Yeah, it was a cool yeah. place. Yeah, that was. We were at that show too. actually. So yeah, that was a that was a fun show. So let's get into a little 6 a.m., some classic 6 a.m. Right, right here, and then we'll hear from DJ Ashbaugh.
2: Sounds great, Mark. Right now, here is Life is Beautiful by 6 a.m., featuring DJ Ashba
0: You can't quit until you try. You can't live until you die. You can't learn to tell the truth until you learn to lie. You can't breathe until you choke. You got to laugh when you're the joke. Nothing like a few
1: Guys, on the line, we have the one and only DJ Ashba checking in with us.
3: DJ, how are you today? I'm good, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Congratulations on your recent marriage. Thank you. <laughs> Married life treating you well?
3: It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When you marry the right person, it's amazing.
1: Very good. Cool. Hey, the new Ashba Signature Les Paul, which is going to be released by Gibson in March, is looking great. I wanted to talk to you about that. How did yeah. this Signature Model guitar come together?
3: You know, um, it was really weird. For, for many years, I played on Ernie Balls and uh, The Music Man. And I really like the simplicity of The Music Man. And every time I would do an album, I loved the tone of the Les Paul. So I'd always record with Les Pauls, and live I would play with Ernie Ball's, and <clears throat> and it was one of those things where I just had an opportunity with Gibson to create a guitar that fit me. Um, so you know, the one thing that was always difficult for me, for some weird reason, is dealing dealing with two uh, dealing with two different volume knobs on a guitar. And when I'm in a live situation, the last thing I want to think about is the guitar itself. I want to, you know, concentrate on entertaining and putting on a great show. So to me, getting rid of one of the volume knobs was essential. And moving the three-way, because when I would do a lot of funk-style playing on a Les Paul, I would always, for some reason, hit the three-way. So moving that out of the way, moving that down where the secondary volume was... And putting a kill switch in with three ways uh, was the three main things and then the radius of the neck, um, the compound radius of the neck. Um, So all these little changes, you know, Gibson worked uh, really hard for a couple years with me, uh, designing the perfect guitar that fit me. So now, you know, it's kind of like having the best of both worlds, having the tone, the feel, the the perfect all-around guitar.
1: Now, when you say a, a kill switch, so where the toggle switch normally is in a Les Paul is this kill switch. What for listeners who may not be familiar with a kill switch, what does that actually do?
3: It kills the signal of the guitar. So basically, when you hit a note and you hit it, uh, it's basically like uh, turning on and off the the uh, volume at a rapid pace. So you can kind of hit a hit a note or a chord and tap a pattern even that, 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 you know, you can just have fun doing different little tricks while, you know, rhythms or solos. And it's a little, little, uh, little gadget to play around with to kind of be a little more creative when you're writing songs or, you know, creating solos.
1: Fun, fun stuff. And what about the pickups? What kind of pickups can we expect in the guitar?
3: Yeah, they're Seymour Duncan's. I have an Alnico two Pro in the neck, um, which gives it a nice buttery, you know, tone to the uh, to the leads and stuff. And then they uh, Jeff Beck in the back, which gives it the more rip and, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's they're they're killer.
1: And do you know what the list price of the guitar will be?
3: I don't yet. Um, I, I I should know probably, but um, my focus wasn't so much. On the price of it, it was just, you know, designing what I felt would be the ultimate Les Paul. So cool. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't uh, even talked to them about that yet. I, <laughs> it's
1: yeah, it's, it's strange. Is. I know some <laughs> of the signature models are so expensive, they become something really only for collectors, and then there's some which they make more affordable for the... the.
3: Uh... Yeah, and we're talking about, I'm trying to... Uh, we're, we're trying to... Uh, possibly going to do an Epiphone version of it, too, so more more people can afford these, you know.
1: Nice. And when you're playing live, what type of amps and effects are you using?
3: You know, it's very minimal. In fact, I went from having, uh, you know, with Guns N' Roses, I tried 10 different guitar rigs, the biggest, best heads, you know, cabinet combinations you could put together. Uh, very, you know extravagant rigs and i actually ended up finding out that less is more um so i i just literally run through a fractal unit and i don't use cabinets at all i have no cabinets we don't tour, i don't i don't personally tour with any cabinets so um i go direct out right into the pa right into my in-airs and it's the best tone i've ever had and it's consistent every night and i don't have to deal with uh you know, like, you know, when you mic down cabinets and, you know, from night to night, that was always a big thing with me is the tone would always vary from room to room, from arena to arena. And mic placements would get bumped and, um, it really affected the tone. And, um, I'm all about tone. You know, if, if as any guitar player, if the tone's right, if it's perfect, there's really, you almost feel like Superman on a guitar. There's not a lot to that you feel you can't play and, and play well because it's it's you're playing off of inspiration of the tone you know and uh, it's just very consistent this way and and uh, it every night it sounds identical so to me that is uh, that's the way for me to go anyway
1: Excellent, and I definitely want to talk to you about Guns and Roses. But first, um, there's going to be a new Six AM album coming
3: out. Yeah, to yeah, talk about it's that. A killer too. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We just, I just finished up all the guitars. James is uh, finishing up the last, I believe, the last song. I think he he may even be done by now. But uh, with vocals, and for the first time, we're having a uh, a live drummer on the album, and you know. Nicky's playing his ass off every I mean the songs are sick, you know, we, we're not going after like uh, a themed record by any means on this. We we kinda sat down, the three of us, and said, you know what, let's just write a sick record from beginning to end. Just every song has to count. Every, you know, let's push ourselves musically, um, each individually, you know, so everybody you know, we really pushed each other to a whole different level, and we really uh, focused on trying to get out of our comfort zone with 6AM and really pushing the boundaries. And I think that's what 6AM is kind of about anyway. And, and so we we explored some new territories, for sure, on this record. So
1: Excellent. And can you tell us who the drummer is?
3: Um, I I don't know if I can say anything okay. yet. All right. I, I'm not even sure if I... I... <laughs> right. Um, no problem but no I, I I will so I Ex- will at some point
1: <laughs> excellent we look forward to hearing that and I was a big fan of the album that you basically co-wrote with, with Nikki for Motley Crue Saints of Los oh, Angeles cool. and I guess James was involved in that heavily too now were you just a songwriter on that or did you work on production hey, of the album
3: I'm sorry. sorry I had somebody else yelling um I'm gonna just throw it out there. Jeff Fab is the guy who played on a record oh okay, okay, yeah, cool just, cool. If I get in trouble, fuck him. <laughs>
1: yeah Jeff, we know of course from <laughs> no, in but this He's moment. a
3: sick drummer, he came in and just just slaughtered these songs and and you know me and James and Nicky were talking we were like god if we if uh, we we wish we would have had a live drummer on the other three and said me and James programmed all the drums on the last few records, but what a difference it made having a live drummer come in and just kill shit, you know. So we're really excited about having having him on the record.
1: Yeah, Jeff is great. I've seen him within this moment. He was with Filter yep. for a while. Great guy. Yeah. Great yep. guy. And then he was actually the guy from, I forget his name, the guy from American Idol. He was in his band for a while, too. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. forgot the guy's name.
1: But when anyways when you were working on Saints of Los Angeles I realize it was a while ago at this point but were you involved in the production of the album too?
3: I was. Yeah, I co-produced the record and I co-wrote 11 of the 13 songs on it.
1: Yeah. Cool. I was just reading Vince Neil's book and I found it funny he said when he was recording that record he'd show up to the studio for like 2-hour blocks and and just simply leave. Uh, after that, um, and he True. he seemed he seemed to like that, you know, that it was a real yeah, structured Yeah, I mean, it production. was a
3: weird record. We we kind of uh, we did all the guitars at my studio, uh, all the vocals were done at James's studio. We recorded Tommy on the drums up at his stu- at Tommy's studio, and then we did a lot of the bass at my my studio, and uh, I think we did most of the bass at my studio, if I remember right.
1: Cool. And as far as Guns N' Roses goes, it looks like you guys are headed back out on the road.
3: Yeah, March we head out, we're doing the Heaven and Hell Festival, we headline that, and then we're off to South America. So, very exciting. Excellent. can't wait to get back out there and, and, you know, see all the fans again.
1: Any chance that we might hear new material in the set list?
3: I'm hoping so. I'm hoping we pull out some. That would be... A lot of fun for everybody.
1: And You guys, I mean, I guess that answers the question. You guys have been working on new material.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Cool. Very good. And I wanted to also mention your clothing line that you have, Ashba Swag. And I yeah. was checking this out, and I thought it was refreshing that it's just not all, you know, kind of rocker t-shirts with skulls and stuff. I mean, you have some of that, but you also have like, well, no,
3: jeans but I'm glad you sweatshirt. said that. Because- yeah, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I never wanted to have a merch line, you know, I mean, with with the clothing, you know, I really wanted to push my creativity and try to appeal to an audience even outside of the rock audience, if possible. So kind of, you know, that finding that fine line where it feeds my inner creativity, but it, you know, it, you know, the fans, my fan base really digs the clothes and also you know somebody that doesn't even know who I am, you know, might dig the t shirt too. So that that's kind of the the route I like to go on this.
1: Cool. We encourage everybody to check out the the site. It's Ashpa Swag and you can buy the clothes yeah, right on there.
3: AshpaSwag.com, yeah.
1: Cool and where's yeah, the Yeah best... we well, I've
3: revamped the entire thing and uh, coming out with basically just funneling out all the old clothes. that we originally I had over four hundred items in the store and i was just trying everything seeing what's working what's not working what are the fans really like what don't they like and and i basically you know lately we did a lot of changes after a lot of years of trying different things and we found out that our market is definitely t-shirts beanies bandanas and jewelry that's kind of and hoodies but those five so we went from about 400 items down to and focusing more on five items and and putting a lot more love and care into those five things, and it seems to be really working out well for us now.
1: Cool. Would you ever consider, you know, getting the stuff in stores, or is it already in stores?
3: Yeah, I mean, we we put it. We have a store, a pop up store at Harley Davidson in Henderson in in Las Vegas here, and we've been approached by quite a few stores, and which is another whole reason why I kind of revamped the whole designs and look and feel of Ashba Swag is because now I actually have a legit clothing line that I could I could put in stores worldwide, which is, is definitely our next step for it.
1: Excellent. And also circling back to Guns N' Roses, how did you first meet Axel?
3: I met Axel, God, in probably, fuck, 1999 or 2000. I was in doing the Beautiful Creatures album, and Sharon Osbourne came over to my studio, and they were in the next room uh, working on Chinese. And she took me over there and introduced me to Axel, and we got along great. He was a really cool guy, uh, way different than I than I was expecting him to be because you know you only know what you read. But super, you know, respectful, polite, really cool guy. And and that was the first time we met.
1: Nice, cool, great. Well, where is the best place besides the Ashba Swag website? But you know, the best place online for fans to get in touch with you.
3: You know, just go to djashba.com. You know, and that's kind of my whole entire world. Um, I own a media company, AshbaMedia.com, but everything is on. Uh, you can you can contact the agency, you can contact the clothing store, all on djashba.com. If you go there
1: excellent we'll have that link through today's show notes on talkingmetal.com cool thanks so much man have a great you got it brother thank you talk to you soon So that was DJ Ashba. Big thanks to Mr. DJ Ashba for joining us. Be sure to check out his new guitar. that's coming out through Gibson in March. What we heard going into the interview was off of the Heroin Diary soundtrack album. It was called Life is Beautiful. What we heard coming out of the interview is a song called This is Gonna Hurt. And that is, again, 6 a.m., So some pretty cool news, John, in that interview. Uh, some breaking news, actually. Jeff Fab is the yeah, drummer. That is really at, cool. Our good friend. In 6 a.m. I don't know if he's in the band, if he's going to be playing with them, like in a live setting, or if he's just playing on the album. I, you know, I, I really don't know what's going on with that, but he does play on the record, so that's awesome. Absolutely. We also heard that there's new Guns N' Roses shows on the way, and, you know, it sounds like DJ is down with debuting some new material at these shows. Whether or not that happens, only time will tell, but it's exciting to know that there is new GNR material that could potentially be played at one of these upcoming concerts. Again, we have no idea if that will actually happen, but I found that news exciting, and I, I, I had no idea that Sharon Osbourne was the person that introduced DJ to Axel.
2: That's very cool. So, get this. um, There was a great thing. It was a Facebook post uh, in the last couple of days. I know Victor was involved with it, and uh, I'm trying to find out who posted it, but it was something about like a a boat full of uh, cannibal rats is like on the ocean somewhere and it's going to land in Europe. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did hear that. Someone, and I'm so sorry. I think it's on Gawker. Oh, okay. One of our, you know, Really cool talking metal listeners said it sounds like an astronomy story, you know, (laughs) which is great. And I'm so sorry. uh, I will find out, um, I will find this post and and we'll uh, reference this in a later podcast because I want to give credit to whoever came up with that because that was a really funny thing, you know, because I have had numerous run ins with rats uh, and other rodents in the New York and Jersey City area. (laughs) (laughs)
1: anyways guys we have sponsors on board with talking metal right now and the best way you can support what we do is of course supporting these sponsors using the links from Talking Metal, even if you're just clicking through them, you know, do whatever, you know, that, that helps even if you don't spend any money with the sponsors. But the cool thing about both these sponsors, Audible and also Squarespace is they're, they're letting you try it out for free. I think that's awesome. And let's talk a little bit about Squarespace quickly right now. Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and all the style options you need to create a unique website for you, your business. That's what Squarespace is guys. You use it to make your own website. It's uh, really the all in one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio for a free trial and 10% off. Go to squarespace.com and use this. S- specific offer code it's s-l-a-s-h slash like the guitar player who used to play in guns and roses <laughs> <laughs> today we spoke with the guitar player who currently plays in guns and roses dj ashman yes but unfortunately his name is not the code we didn't come up with the code squarespace or the ad people did i don't and i'm not exactly sure why they chose slash but It's an easy one to remember. So, again, squarespace.com and use the offer code slash. I love that they let you set up a website without, you know, putting in any credit card information. You get to try out the the thing for free. So go support us by using squarespace.com and offer code slash.
2: Very, very cool.
1: Cool. All right. So Leatherwolf, remember those guys? Yes they're back or maybe they never went away i don't know i haven't really been following them in recent years however i used to love them back in the day i recently went back and have been listening to those like three early leatherwolf records such good stuff lo and behold i was contacted maybe by somebody heard me who heard me talking about leatherwolf on the podcast and was offered an interview opportunity with the band. So we're going to try to make that happen. We're going to try to catch up with Leatherwolf, see what's going on with them nowadays. And one thing I can tell you is they have a new record that just came out. It's a live record. And Roy Z, producer, engineer.
2: Extraordinaire.
1: Extraordinaire. Worked with them on it. And I'm going to play a little bit of it for you right now. Again, the album just came out a month or two ago. It's called Leatherwolf Unchained Live. And this song is Kill and Kill Again. was kill and kill again by Leatherwolf live live <laughs> yeah it's a great song again mixed by Roy Z of Judas Priest and Bruce Dickinson Sepultura Halford fame mastered by Tom Baker who has worked with Queen's Reich and Judas Priest and uh, those guys were great they had a video back in the day for the song Calling which MTV used to play and i really enjoyed their early stuff i'm glad they're still out there doing it i did listen to the live album all the way through it sounds phenomenal excellent it's great so go pick it up guys on itunes or just go right to leatherwolfmetal.com and you can download it there they actually have some free mp3s up on that site too i believe excellent yeah Hey, so uh, check it you out. You know what?
2: Uh, can I tell one uh, minor astronomy-style story? Okay. Of course. We, we said Roy Z was producer extraordinaire back in ninth grade. Um, no, this could have been, yeah, ninth grade I, I had French in school. And um, there was uh, a thing where if we would bring in clippings or something that had to do with the French language, we would get extra credit. Now, I had a magazine from the 70s. Uh, It had a picture of Paul Stanley and it said the caption was guitarist extraordinaire. So I cut that out, which was probably stupid that I shouldn't have cut up some vintage magazine, but I cut it out and I brought it in. Right. And I got half credit. Only because guitarist was spelled the normal way in the English language, but extraordinaire was after it. Now it should have been guitarist with an e after it. So my teacher said, "Well, it's you're going to get half credit." She might actually gave me credit, but I I think she made she did mention that it was only half right. But anyway, you guys can see that I was that nutty even back in the day. I mean, from second grade on, that was ninth grade, grade, but but, yeah, that was ninth when I had French class, but. Um, I probably got that magazine in second grade. And um, I remember the funniest thing is my dad once went into a store to buy me magazines, and he, he bought me this uh magazine that had Kiss in it. It was probably like Super Teen or or Hit Parade, or, you know, one of those old, I, I think it was like Super Teen. I don't think it was one of the big magazines like Hit Parader or Circus. It, it was even older. Well, Hit Parade was out in the 70s, but... And so was Circus, but it, I think it was Super Teen. And then I remember him saying, Yeah, I would have probably rather been looking at some of the magazines that were a little higher. On the shelf that little kids weren't supposed to see, which usually means that there was, like, Playboy or something. So I thought that was a—why I remember these odd quotes uh, and things from my past, I do not know. But uh, my dad was divulging that he would have probably been rather looking at one of those, but instead he was going through all the musical magazines just to find pictures of Kiss. And and he found one, and it was Ace, and it was from 76— and it said, Ace Frehley and his elevator shoes. And we thought that that meant that the shoes had like a small mechanical elevator, I think, in them. <laughs> and I thought that it That's meant, hilarious. you know, in second grade you think like all these ridiculous things. And, and also the coolest thing is you pronounce things not the way they're really pronounced. Like I had all these words and lyrics and things that I had my own version of how to say them. Did that ever happen to you? And, and then you found out later that there was totally a different word.
1: Yeah. So, Oh, totally, especially yeah. with lyrics. Yeah, totally. Oh boy, hey, yeah. We used to buy those sixteen magazines. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the 16. one that said "Flash Peter Chris Leaves Kiss." <laughs> wow, see, that was great. how I found out. Peter that's Chris amazing. Was out. That was, yeah, uh, um, and then. Uh, I remember I went camping. Uh, my brother and I used to bring the 16 magazines and stuff because they used to have uh, Kiss articles in them. And we just right. read the articles over and over and over again, yep. look at the pictures. Exactly. And the one had a, the one issue I had had a picture of Tommy Shaw from Styx, right. which was another one of my, my favorite bands back when I was like nine years old. Uh, along with a kiss. And so we went camping and m- with my grandparents and my cousin, who's a couple years older than me, was on the trip with us. And, you know, he was probably like 12, 11, 12. You know, I was like nine or 10. And he looks at the magazine with Tommy Shaw's face on it and he goes, wow, that's a beautiful lady. <laughs> that's great. Who said that again? <laughs> my cousin, my oh, yeah. cousin. And and he... And, he was like lusting over her, oh, and my no. brother and I just started laughing. I was like, "That's not a lady. That's Tommy Shaw from Sticks." And he was like, "Ah, I knew that." Yeah, when he funny. totally didn't know that. I, so uh, I thought
2: I when I first uh, I was in I got I got two of these. I hope the talking metal listeners are interested in this, but I was in a place called Anderson's News uh, in in Windenburg, Pennsylvania, and this was later on. This was like late mid to late eighties. And I see a, a magazine, and on the back cover is the Poison first record. Uh, and I was like, "Oh man, look! There's a metal group of like all these hot chicks out." And right. That's <laughs> it. That's I literally thought it was like four. Well, girls. you know the
1: Poison the Poison album did did definitely look like like chicks. You know, they had right. the makeup on, but this was a picture of Tommy Shaw. Just looking he, normal. Yeah. Just yeah. looking like Tommy Shaw. Yeah, that's you know? great. <laughs> and I guess he kind of was a. A feminine-looking guy, but yeah. he still looked, <laughs> looked like, like a, a guy. guy to me. Yeah, that, that's yeah, so hilarious. I was, that's really thought funny. that was kind of funny. It, it, hey, we're gonna we're gonna end today's episode with some ticket giveaways. Uh, I don't even know if you know about this, John. No, I do not. It's a place called Stage Forty Eight in New York City. So this is going to specifically apply to the New York City listeners of the podcast. We have. Two sets of tickets. The first is for the April twelfth concert in New York City of the band Striper. Excellent. And you can go to the show. He, the guy said he'll put us on the list Perfect. if you want to check Striper. Yeah, I'd John. love
2: to. Absolutely.
1: But this is for the listeners. We have two free tickets for you to see Striper in New York City. They're yours. You just have to do one little thing. I'll fill you in in a minute on that. The second set of tickets, again, at the performance hall known as Stage 48 in New York City. The second concert I'm giving tickets away to, we are giving tickets away to, is Loudness on April 6th. So it's April 6th, Loudness, April 12th, Striper. The same person can't win both sets of tickets. So you're only eligible to win one. You must live in the United States. I would think you want to live in the New York City area to get these tickets. And they're only good for you, so you can't get the tickets and then try to sell them online. I think your name's actually going to be placed on a list, or they'll be holding the tickets for you at the door. I'm not exactly sure. But this is the real deal. So what you need to do is you need to go like our Facebook page, the Talking Metal Facebook page. And I'm going to give you a code on that page. Once you get the code, then you need to email it to me. My email address is mark, M-A-R-K, at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. So what you'll see on our Facebook page once you like it is the code for the Striper tickets is 123 Email me that code at mark at talkingmetal.com and the tickets are yours. Same goes for loudness. And that won't be the code. It won't be one, two, three. It'll be another set of numbers.
2: Mark, clarify that email address because I heard you say talkingmetal.com and I also heard you say yahoo.com. So. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Clarifying the email address, M A R K at talkingmetal.com. Mark, my name, at talkingmetal.com.
2: Sounds great. Mark, what a great ticket giveaway uh, two ticket giveaways and let me tell you i have a little bit of inside info i've been to stage 48 once for a oh, yeah? party cool. and oh, cool. i believe and correct me if i'm wrong this uh on this i believe it is on 48th between 11th and 12th avenue and it is a very cool venue guys um it's and let me it's kind of like an Irving Plaza in my opinion um mark uh, in for for uh, any New Yorkers who've been to Irving Plaza but it's a there's a floor there's a cool stage and then there's kind of like a, a top area where you can be hanging and uh, I, it, it kind of seems like it's a real intimate cool venue to see a show and uh, i i think that anybody who's lucky enough to win these tickets is going to have a great time seeing both bands excellent
1: Cool. Let's end it with some loudness. And before we do that, if you don't want to, you know, use the links and support us by supporting our sponsors, you can always buy a T-shirt, you can always make a PayPal donation, and all that stuff is on TalkingMetal.com. So let's get into the song Angel Dust by Loudness off the Devil Soldier album.